Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. On a Monday morning, I'm Don Wick with Randy Cohn, and in studio we'll have a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Lake effect snow could bring one to four inches to the Lake of the Woods County area in northwestern Minnesota today. There's also an area receiving light snow at this hour southeast of Minot, uh, southwest of Minot, rather. Outside of that, the forecast looks dry for the balance of this week. Highs will warm up to the 30s and 40s tomorrow and continue in that pattern through Friday. Well, over the weekend, Brazil received rains from northern Paraná through the southwestern half of Mato Grosso do Sul. There was also rain activity in central and southeastern Mato Grosso with highs approaching 100 degrees. World Weather Incorporated says most of Brazil did not receive enough rain to counter evaporation. Rainfall was limited across most of Argentina. In the U.S., the winter wheat areas received snow over the weekend. South Central and East Central Kansas had anywhere from 4 to 9 inches of snow. There were localized areas receiving as much as 13 inches north of Wichita. One to three inches of snow was seen from northern Missouri and southeastern Nebraska all the way to southeastern Minnesota. Similar amounts were seen in southern and some portions of eastern South Dakota. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says interest rates have been climbing and are inverted. The problem is the yield curve is inverted, meaning normally if I lend you money, if you lend the government money for 10 years or 20 or 30 years, you get paid more than you do when you lend overnight. Right now you can get 5.37% overnight. If you want to lend the government for money for 10 years, right now you'll get 4.47%, 100 basis points of inversion. That's abnormal. For it to be normal, we should see these 10-year rates trading at least 60 basis points above overnight, which is 6%. And Smith says the inverted interest rate is a sign of recession. That is definitely a sign of a recession. An inverted yield curve portends to a recession. Because it means that economic conditions will start to slow down and that will be more rapid. So far, with the Fed's interest rate hikes, we've just seen the beginnings of the economy slowing down seeing profits tighten and things of that sort. Doesn't mean this time around I think we're going to see a lot of big unemployment, but what we may very well see is a uh, profits recession, which means lower wage growth, poorer stock market performance, and a general slowing of the economy. Despite higher interest rates, Farmers National Company Senior Vice President Matt Gunderson has not seen farmland, farmland prices come down. There's still quite a bit of cash uh, sitting out in, co in the country for things. Uh, you, you're hearing, depending upon where you're at, some widely variable yields, but there's still some really good solid yields out there. Prices have been holding uh, fairly decent, and so that's creating a lot of cash out in the country, and uh, they're tur turning around and redeploying that cash into a hard asset, and that's land. The addition of specialty crops to the rotation, such as sugar beets or potatoes, 
positively impact land values, cash rents are also strong. So even when we look at where we're sitting at back in a normalized interest rate environment for things, um, we're still looking at cash rents holding steady for the most part for where that's at because there's still those opportunities, especially as you just alluded to in terms of where you've got multiple crops out there uh, for things. It's, it's creating a, a pretty steady uh, cash rent market for 2024. The Environmental Protection Agency's pilot project to protect endangered species is being condemned by major farm groups. The Vulnerable Species Pilot Project would drastically impact how farmers apply crop protection products. American Soybean Association Chief Economist Scott Geralt uh, says it would affect 13 million acres of cropland and add significant costs to farm production. USDA is pretty skeptical of this proposal as well. They think this could have a very large negative impact and that EPA could do things that are a lot more targeted and not so negative. As one part of this proposal, if you're in certain areas, you have to consult Fish and Wildlife Service at least three months before for applications. USDA is skeptical that Fish and Wildlife Service has the manpower to even do this. EPA has until next September to determine if the final scope of this, uh, uh, the final scope of that pilot project. Brazilian regulators have increased its biodiesel blending mandate for 2024. The rate will go from this year's 12 percent to 14 percent next year. That decision is expected to reduce Brazilian soybean oil exports. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The dispute panel established under the United States-Mexico-Canada uh, trade agreement ruled against the U.S. in a disagreement with Canada on dairy market access. Two of the three panelists ruled in favor of Canada, while one agreed with U.S. claims. Nearly a year ago, a different panel determined Canada illegally restricted access to its market for the U.S. dairy products. As a result, Canada made changes to its dairy tariff rate quota system. U.S. government believed the change did not go far enough and prompted the second case. As a result of Friday's ruling, Canada will not have to make any additional changes to its tariff rate quota system. In a statement, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai said she is very disappointed in the dispute panel decision. Tai plans to work with the Canadian government to address the ongoing market access concerns. National Milk Producers Federation President and CEO Jim Mulhern said the independent panel ruled in favor of obstruction of trade rather than trade facilitation. U.S. Dairy Export Council President and CEO Krista Harden agreed, saying this ruling set a dangerous and damaging precedent. The United Soybean Board has created a program to help farmers access and implement soil health initiatives on their farms. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The Farmers for Soil Health program is a cost share program for adding cover crops into your operation. USB Sustainable Supply Director Jack Cornell says that this program helps with other sustainability practices as well. There's also technical assistance that is providing how to help farmers access this cost share, also to help farmers not just with cover crops but anything else, right? So they're going to show up on farm, they can help you with transitioning to no-till or reduced tillage. Uh, but then there's also another piece where we're actually looking at creating a marketplace for companies uh, such as CPG companies or other companies 
that want to interact with the land sector, we're actually co connecting them directly to the farmer, and a farmer can actually get additional profitability uh, and profits and premiums based off of the practices they're doing on farm. Program looks a little different in each state. Yeah, so these technical advisors are the ones that really kind of help you figure out what uh, climate smart program is best for you, what operations that you are comfortable with. We actually worked with the state commodity groups to actually provide the best avenue for developing that technical assistance. Because we realize, as a national organization, that we wanted the states to kind of dictate what it looks like in every state, right? The, the technical assistance could look like in uh, different forms. And I know in Minnesota, it's taking the form of farmer advisors. So it's actually working farmers that are hired to help other farmers facilitate this opportunity. You can find more information on the program at FarmersForSoilHealth.com. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. In 2023, the Natural Resources Conservation Service made more than $2.8 billion available to farmers, ranchers, and landowners to implement conservation practices. NRCS Chief Terry Crosby says the total would be close to $5 billion next year. You know, one of the things that was made available through the Inflation Reduction Act through the Biden-Harris administration was almost $19.5 billion for conservation. And then through Farm Bill and some of the other things that we've had, we this is one of those historic generational things that I've been working for USDA and RCS for 44 years. We've never had this opportunity before, and a lot of us have been around for a long time, have been waiting for this. And now we have it, and now we got to make sure that we accomplish something with it, and that's what's happening right now. There is a focus on new climate smart projects. However, Crosby is seeing a lot of interest in more traditional conservation programs. When I came into the agency back in the late 70s and worked on the 85 Farm Bill, that was my main job, was working on CRP and, and writing seeding plans. And But we see a lot of different things happening. We have our environmental incentive program equipped. We have RCPP, Regional Conservation Partnership. We have Conservation Security Program. We also have our easement programs. We have never seen this type of outpouring for these programs. They've been oversubscribed, but with the new dollars that we have, we're able to take care of that oversubscription. But the other thing that's really exciting is we have all these new customers that want to come in also. The United Nations Climate Change Conference, uh, known as COP28, will be held in Dubai this upcoming Thursday through December 12th. They're aiming to build consensus to drive action on climate change. This is the Red River Farm. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. With the inaugural meeting of the White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience, the Biden administration is making $196 million investment to expand market access. One of the two grants awarded in the region was $250,000 for Stony Creek Dairy of Melrose, Minnesota. Money will help finance the processing and marketing costs to produce pasteurized milk bags for schools. Hadrick Ranch at Falkton, South Dakota is receiving over $113,000 in working capital to process Angus beef. Animal rights activist groups are skilled at using pressure campaigns to push their agenda. Animal Agriculture Alliance Manager of Communications Emily Ellis says it's important for agriculture to build relationships with lawmakers 
and become a resource on animal ag issues. Being active in um, those conversations, making sure that if you are facing a bill that you're going down to testify, um, even before a bill is even introduced, making sure that you're proactively engaging with your representatives so that when a bill comes across their desk that uh, affects animal agriculture, they already have you as a contact, as a resource to reach out to. For ballot initiatives, it's a little bit more tricky, just the process is a little bit different. But again, highlights the need to proactively engage with your community and make sure that we're not letting animal rights groups tell our story for us, that we're also actively making sure that we're out there sharing our story as well. USDA's National Ag Statistics Service says U.S. farmers hired 776,000 workers during the week ending October 14th. That's down 1% from a year ago. Farmers paid an average wage of $18.81 per hour during that week, 6% more than last year. Russia is reportedly establishing a grain export quota for wheat, corn, barley, and rye. That quota, 24 million metric tons, will be in place from mid-February through June. Russia also has issued a ban on Durham exports from December through May. Checking markets, we're a little higher in the wheat market this morning. Minneapolis wheat as we trade March 716 and a quarter, one and three quarter higher. Chicago wheat for March, a two cent gain. And hard red winter wheat, March contracts four and a half higher. The market down a fraction in the corn, March down three quarters of a cent at 481 and three quarters. And soybeans are a bit higher, five and three quarter cents higher for January, 1336 and a half. As we check in on the farm calendar, a lot going on this week. The South Dakota Cattlemen's Association has its 75th anniversary convention. That's going on starting tomorrow. It'll be held in Watertown, South Dakota. The North Dakota Agribusiness Association has their Agribusiness Expo coming up uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. It's going to be at a new location this year. This is formerly the show that was at the Fargo Dome, now at the Avalon Event Center in Fargo. Uh, their trade show will be uh, starting up at 9 o'clock on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, they'll have a fertilizer update in the morning, a look at some of the uh, government industry affairs in the afternoon on Tuesday, or should say Wednesday, they'll have a grain market update uh, going on on Wednesday morning, 1030. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.